0: Hello and welcome to The Playmakers, yes, Rugby Stories. I'm Jeff Wilson. What we do every week is we get a player, a character in and around the game. We bring them in here to Sky and we have a chat about their career and maybe some interesting moments. Today, all black. Number 1075. Stephen Donald joins us, joins me. And Beaver, welcome. Welcome to Sky. I've got a, my first question is, is it officially over the career? Is it? Done? Are they hung up or are they waiting for another call? Are they gathering dust? Uh, are there Barbarians opportunities? For you as a rugby player, is it time up? Is it done? I remember when I did it myself.
1: Thanks for having me, Goldie. Uh, I'm 99% absolutely done. Absolutely, yep. and 99% are yep. not the same thing. You realise that. <laughs> hold on, hold
0: on. So so if the phone rang and someone said, I'm in trouble... Uh, are you open? Look at you. You're in yep. good You're in good nick, ready to go. If they said, look, I could play a couple of weeks for you, could you do that? Is club rugby a possibility still?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's been a couple of things pop up from overseas and, and seriously looked at them, but it's just more a case of, do we want to go there? Or, you know, and we, and we turned a couple down. And, uh, yeah, I mean, club rugby is always going to be there. I mean, I live in the town where I get constantly reminded that there's a club waiting for you on Tuesday and Thursday night. And uh, that will always be there, I'd say, for a, for a year or two. So, yeah, I'm, I am done, but, I mean, uh, if things, popped up that were desirable to do then you know I've tried to stay in shape so yeah we'll see. You. <laughs> so nothing's official right? Because <laughs> that's no. the thing I, I must admit I was I, I didn't I never
0: said no I'd never play a again no, you know, but but that was when I was like 30 yeah I mean yeah. you're 37 aren't you? I yeah mean, well that's, so, that's just medical medical science and <laughs> stuff. Is that just a number? Is that just a number for it's you? It's just a number. It's okay because uh, there's a number of things in your career I want to talk about um, But the first thing, and I'm going to start uh, about being an All Black, because we've gone through a lot this year in terms of Sky and and in terms of COVID, and all of a sudden we've seen an appreciation for the game from the players maybe we haven't seen. And when you first make it, versus when you're coming to the end of your career, sometimes it means uh, it's different, you have a different perspective. For you, what, what did becoming an All Black mean now that you're 37? Have you reflected on that and gone, you know what, this is what having represented my country means to me?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think it, it means a hell of a lot more now than ever. I mean, without a doubt, there's things I wish I'd done differently when I was in there and experienced, and on an older head, I would have done things differently, but it um, means a whole lot more to me now. And at the time, and you'd know, God, when you're in there, you're just in a, the most compressed bubble and uh, intense environment that you're ever probably going to be in as far as a working life goes. you know, Not that I have experienced too much of a working life, but... It's just the, the intensity of it all, sometimes, especially back then, I think the boys probably have a better balance now, but back then I don't think, certainly myself, didn't actually stop and smell the roses a little bit and just realise how good this is. And, and now you look back and reflect, yeah, very proud. But yeah.
0: and, that, and that's the part of it, right? Because when you're playing and you're looking at it, you're going, I, I don't want to watch myself play too much or I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get too hung up on the fact I am an all black, but I found that when I finished playing and I got further and further away it, from it, and then you start seeing the guys you played with, and and being around uh, former All Blacks, you just you just get a different feeling about being part of that club. Is 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 that something when you see guys uh, who played in different generations? Do you
1: get that feeling as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I played a golf tournament the weekend with uh, Christian Carnolo Brown, so so childhood heroes, and you, you you meet them and you talk to them and, and you're just talking to them like ordinary fellas, like you've done them your whole life. So it's uh, yeah, it's pretty special that side of it too. Yeah. But coming uh, in line with that, though, it was line with being in All Black,
0: there's challenges along the way. And, look, we faced our criticism, both you and I, and I remember early in my career. Yeah. Um, you find out very, very quickly how harsh the reality can be of being at that highest level. And, and how difficult is that as a player when you are facing criticism?
1: Yeah, I mean... I never, I never looked into it too much at the time because, as I said, we we're in that bubble, and you're much stressed about missing a meeting with Ted in about half an hour's time, as opposed to reading what's being said about you. But once you have your summer break, or, or what have you, you start to appreciate where you sit, you know, as far as the criticism go, and and whether it's mates texting you to, you know, back then when mental health wasn't an issue, <laughs> I was like, are you okay? You know, it was yeah. like, yeah, mate, I'm fine. Why should I be worried or something? But yeah. uh, you know, it is a, it is a, at times it. it It is a brutal, brutal environment, but at the same time, I'd never moan about it because I would never for one moment not want to be an All Black. So, if this is what I've got to pay the price for, then this is what I've got to pay the price for. And and I know that every other man in this country wants to be there too. So, it's not something I ever moaned about because I just thought this is part of it. And, you know, if I'm not living up to it, I'm not living up to it. So, yeah. You've made a documentary, a documentary has been made about you know, the massive moment in your career. I'm
0: not going to talk about white bait and all those sorts of things and, and, and all that um, getting your way to that point. Everyone knows about the kick, it, it's been told. But what about, did it feel like a bit of redemption from 12 months on, from that criticism you got at the year earlier, where the opportunity comes out of nowhere? Is that what it felt like for you? You know what, you should value me as a rugby player because when I go out there and I talk to anyone about you, it's 100% effort. No, no, but but... <laughs> But that's to maximize your ability right yeah, yeah. and so did it did it feel like vindication in some way
1: yeah a little bit of, because i guess like i know i would had criticism my whole career but the criticism after hong kong was uh i guess firstly he doesn't deserve to be an all black and secondly he's a choker and those are two things that you know like i'm not the most talented never been the most talented person but i worked hard to get where i got to be an all black and fought you know what apart from desi i think I am the next best 10 in this country for a long period of time. I should be here. And uh, so that's you know that's why I felt I should have been there. And when people start saying it never deserves to be an All Black, it's sort of you. And then the choker thing, you know, that, that really hurt me because I guess I pride myself on, you know, the plenty of times when kicks need to go over, kicks went over. And the thing about the Hong Kong thing that still irks me is, from a personal point of view, is I missed a goal kick, sort of 15 in from touch, 20-odd out, that would have buried the game anyway. So I know everyone harps on about the missed touch and all the rest of it, but it's that goal kick that you know I guess gutted me the most. And uh, and yeah, I guess the choker label it was a tough one to sit with me for, for twelve months until I guess the World Cup. And and then yeah, yeah, it was it sort of put the bed a fair bit of that, I guess. Because I, I know how how
0: hard that is, and I went through something similar. The fact in '93. I went well on my first test, and then the next week I had to kick against England, and I couldn't throw the thing over. Yeah. You know, and we lose at Twickenham, yeah. and that, 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 that stayed with me. And a year later, uh, an incident against the uh, Wallabies happened as well. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I, lo- I lose yeah. two of my first three test matches, you know, and yeah. it's really challenging to come back from that. And so in terms of giving you, I suppose, that satisfaction, you, know, yeah. you deserve that. Because that, that, you know, when you're getting to that point in your career and you're trying to work out, okay, you know, where am I at? What did that mean for you after that? Because that's critical for me, isn't it? In fact, you get that satisfaction. What did it mean post that for you, for the rest of your career?
1: I guess, not just my career, Goldie, for my life, I could walk around the streets of New Zealand. And 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 it was getting to a point where I felt, and I love New Zealand, like anyone knows (laughs) me knows, I would not want to live anywhere else in the world. But it was getting to a point where, did I actually want to have to wear a hoodie and a hat every time I went to the supermarket, or if I went for a beer somewhere, did I want to be tucked away f- further in the corner and, and try and avoid anyone, or you know? And it was getting to that point. So it just opened up my life again and allowed me to not have to have a hoodie on in summer uh, and yeah. go to a supermarket, go to a pub in peace, you know? So that's that was the big thing for me. And, uh, and you know, like people always say, oh, what does it meant to you? You know, obviously opened up a lot of doors and this and that. And I was like, well, the most important thing is it got me a way of life back again. And, and allowed me to have a bit of freedom in New Zealand again, really. Well, I mean, you're talking about performing on the biggest stage, so all of a
0: sudden there's a reputation that comes with that though. So when people come calling, and they did, and you start going, you go to England, play for Bath, and you move to Japan, did that come with you in terms of that expectation? The fact that, hold on, you've been able to perform on the biggest stage. Yes. Expectations now, we
1: want you to do that for us as a club team. Yeah, and, you know, obviously within 10 days of the World Cup final, I was on a plane to England um, to play for Bath. Four or five days later, and um, the English, like, there's no hiding from the fact that I did not set the house on fire in England. Um, and you know, the first sort of two or three weeks were great. I, was, I think I was still just riding a confidence high, and we we're in Europe games, and as you know, over there the Europe com- competition is the biggest thing. Yeah. And I was up for that, and you know, we were beating Montpellier and the big teams in France, and we were flying, and then. Two weeks later, you know, it's December in it's December in England. I'm at Worcester on a Friday night, I can't feel my toes. And the the rot sets in and it pretty much set in for like about twelve months and, and I'm questioning what I'm doing there and, and suddenly I'm taking shortcuts at training and, and taking shortcuts as far as your discipline goes and and in the end the English time, yeah, they thought they were getting this flare and, and they didn't get they didn't get the best of me and and, I, and, you know, I've been told they didn't give them, themselves the best to me. It was, a, it was a funny environment to walk into. But, um, yeah, it, it carried a whole lot of that. But then when you go to Japan again, you're carrying it. And, you know, just things worked out for me in Japan, you know, at several different clubs. So, you know, it, it, it was great times, but, yeah. So at the end of your career now, you look back and do you regard yourself as a good tourist? Then,
0: is the fact that when you get on, I mean, because this is one of the challenges in life, and yeah. as a rugby player, as a professional athlete, is that you pack your bags. Yeah, there could be a different destination from week to week, from season to season. Yeah. So when you got to Japan, had you learnt how to spend life on the road? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think yeah, life on the road and going to a foreign club are, are two very different things, and and I think you've got a. And that's why I think I fit into Japan so well, because some of the other boys who haven't been anywhere else in the world walk straight into Japan and think, well, this isn't New Zealand. And I I learnt that lesson in Bath in England, and uh, that put me in good stead. I A lot of people tell me, when you go to Japan, just almost zip your your mouth and just do the Japanese thing. And, uh, you know, like I can't completely zip my mouth when it comes to... (laughs) Your first five. Yeah, when it comes to talking rugby and how to do it. Sort of our way, but um, I got I learned how to sort of manage all of that with the Japanese people, and and had the time of my life up there and at different different clubs and at different points of the career. So, yeah, but going to the bath was a great way to sort of say, right, you've left New Zealand now, and you've got to move on from that, and you're doing it their way now. So, so your experience of Japan, wh- what did you
0: learn about their rugby and the potential ceiling of their rugby and we look now, so many of our players, so many of our top players, are deciding to go there and take their sabbaticals or yep. opportunities. Yep. You look at that, is, is that a future that we should be looking at in terms of our connection
1: with Japan and we should be growing it more and more? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Japanese fans, for starters, just have a, an amazing fascination with the All Blacks. Um, a lot of it's around the haka, a lot of it's around the black jersey, They, they just that's what they want to talk about. Um, and then there's this thing now, Like when I first started going up there as a rugby player, they wanted you there for 11 months of the year. Seven of those were pre-season training and uh, four or five was the actual season and now it's getting to a point where you know guys are going up like Bodie who can go up, right, I'm there for five months. And, and I think that's going to filter through to whatever level of player wants to go up there. where well, you don't have to be up there the whole time but go up there, get five or six months, fill your boots financially and then come back, play Super or play MPC and I think I think the way we're going, it's financially it's a big way, I guess, New Zealand rugby can compete with everyone else over in, in the Northern Hemisphere as far as their players go and, and keeping them. And, and to be fair, I, I mean, I don't know, what, I can't speak for every other player that's ever been up there, but personally, I'd much rather go to Japan, four or five months in Japan. Well,
0: given your experience, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, what yeah,
1: you yeah, went yeah. through, right? Yeah, 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 100%. I'd rather go there than go and play week and week out for 60 weeks. Well, we've
0: seen Ben Smith done the same
1: thing. Yes, went to France yeah. and gone, you know what? Doesn't seem as though
0: it's to no. it fit with him entirely. So he's yeah. gone to Japan. He's now yeah. he's playing up there. I mean, this is some sort of journey you've gone through. And there's a couple of things I want to uh, talk about. A couple of key games. Uh, and one of them is when you started. So you're at Wesley College, right? Yeah. And so, and I was fortunate enough, I was at high school when I got the chance to go and play for Southland, second yeah. division. Yeah. You're going to Counties Yeah. I mean, for you... How much was that just the eye-opener of all of a sudden? You're playing against men. You're playing against the best players. Uh, What did you learn right away before this 20-year journey? Because that's what we're talking about right now. What did you learn right at the start?
1: (sighs) That I wasn't... (laughs) I shouldn't have been there. (laughs) For starters. And just everything you do, the impression that you get from... Older people and, and guys you look up to is so important on the, on the flow down. And, and unfortunately, I went into a counties team that was, they were first division at the time, but that was the year that unfortunately we were on the slide to, to second division. And as a, as a young dreamer and a 17-year-old, you know, because I ended up being part of the squad for about five or six games, including the last two or three when there it's were the must-win must scenarios. And it was almost, uh, we've conceded here. And, and as a young fella who had been and watched counties, you know, come from 40 behind in semi-finals with Juvelli and Jonah go yep. mad, I just thought anything was possible with this sort of fantasy team that I was now part of. And just to see that, you know, just sort of held with me that, you know, if if you're ever in a situation or you're ever sort of later in life, and not that I knew I was going to have the career, that ended up the longevity that I had, but you wouldn't want that impression to rub off on a young fellow as well, and uh, it was just an eye-opener. I mean, I remember going in there, getting called up from school over a loudspeaker because I thought... Um, what have you done? What have I done? What have I, I done? Said, what am I late for? I, I was traditionally very late to uh, Chapel in the morning, and uh, I thought, oh, I'm just getting reprimanded about that. Go in there, and the county's officials are waiting for me in the office saying, oh, you've got to be at training this afternoon. i got to train this afternoon. They said, we've cleared it with your dad. I said, well, no dad wouldn't have said no to this. <laughs> and uh, I'm playing that weekend. It was on a Thursday. I played Saturday. and then. I think I dropped the ball the first time I touched it. And we played Bay Pen in the last pre season game, and I thought, oh, well, that's me. And I trugged off Pookie Stadium, and I thought, oh, well, I've done that. That's yeah. my one game in counties for my life, and I'm done. Four days later, uh, MPC round one opener. they call me back up on a Thursday and go, right, you're off the Waikato. This weekend, and we're playing in a full. It's the year they had the cricket ground, oh, as yeah, hunting, yeah. and a full, and it was quite an intimidating venue. It yeah. was for a 17-year-old, yeah. and they were full-strength, and they were running right for us. And I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, <laughs> oh, I can't go out there. <laughs> oh, I can't go out there." Sort of thing. And <laughs> and then that uh, couple of months went by, nothing happened. And then Wesley won the first 15 competition, uh, the national one, the top 32 yep. as it was back in the day. We'd just beaten Liam Messens Rotorua by about 40 in the final at Albany. Oh, perfect. 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 And uh, and I'm walking off, and because I was the I guess I was the day boy of the first 15. I was in charge of sorting the party out for, for after it. Then we get handed a phone from the coach and said, oh, it's counties on the end of this. Oh, yeah, we've got 2.30 tomorrow versus Canterbury at Pookie Stadium. Um, meet us there at 1. And <laughs> Bring I'm, your boots, mouth going yeah, your boots. I haven't seen them for five weeks. Oh, seriously? Calls are... Uh, yeah, every time I went in, I was literally two days before kickoff. off so, so you're not even training with the squad? No, I'm not training. It's just just come on in... Two days before, every time. And this was Canterbury when they had that year. I think they probably had 18... All Blacks and their MVC team. Oh, and so I've going out there and obviously they're all out there. So, but,
0: uh, are you getting paid at this time for those games?
1: Is well, they, had, uh, I'm getting $500 uh, in appearance. Five... Was that part of the Players' Collective? I'm not <laughs> sure that's know. part of the Players' <laughs> Collective. We might <laughs> get in trouble with counting. No, no, no.
0: It was only a training for one day. We, anyway, we did that. But, I mean, that's... What an introduction, if you yeah. think about it. Oh. You think what kids are going through now. Oh, they're 100%. in academies yeah, and they're yeah, identified yeah. early. Yeah. You're getting the, the phone call on a Thursday to come yeah. and play on a Saturday. Did you even know the moves? No. <laughs> no
1: no uh, idea. And the funny thing was, the Canterbury one, which I'd literally got caught in a day, the day before, after we played the, uh, the national final, I reckon that one o'clock, and suddenly Lockie Crichton goes down after about 20 minutes. And I'm out there for 20 minutes, and thankfully, oh, I love Lockie, yeah. he came back after his, getting himself jabbed or yeah. something. Yeah. He came back, and but that 20 minutes was fun. I didn't want to go off. It was starting to roll for us at one stage. It was amazing. You are Mr. Fix It. You've been Mr. <laughs> Fixit from day one,
0: is the fact. From there, as a 17 year old, you've been given that opportunity. Yeah. I, I want to move now to another game, and it was for the Chiefs against Wales, right? And to me, I. I I'm almost certain I worked on this game, and I was there. And, you know, you'd come back into this Chiefs role. This was 2016, and so you were captain for the day. Before I talk about, it, I want to hear you talk about that experience because my memories are very clear about how you played.
1: What can you remember of that day? It was just a day that um, we we had, like we had guys. That we pulled and I mean, Very similar, right? You've pulled yeah. and dragged and. We pulled, one of them played his 50th game in the weekend, Brownie. He was a builder in uh, Stratford or one of the Taranaki towns a week before and Barnsie knew him, so he pulled him in for the training week. Yep. And then uh, Boucher was the same. They all came in just that week for Wales because we had that many guys out with either All Blacks or injuries. And we just threw together a team and, you know, it just started to evolve. Training was a sideshow all week. It was just high energy and drops everywhere. And then we went out there and, and it was funny. It was a funny game because. Uh, Wales were all over us with nine minutes the first nine or ten minutes they were all over us and then we got the ball once we threw it out to Antony made a little break and we were away and I am saying. We've only touched the ball once here. I think we might be in for a night here. And sure enough, it just started unfolding and, and a few few things worked out for me. And uh... Hold on, a few things. You didn't miss a kick. <laughs> did you score, what, two tries? Uh, disallowed. Oh, disallowed, disallowed, disallowed. was disallowed. it? got ripped off. I did get ripped off. Oh, yeah. It was one of those ones where common sense would have told you he had to have scored it, but they didn't have the right angle. Oh, so, no. didn't
0: we? No, I'm no. sure we had the angle. you have just unlucky. <laughs> I'm not blaming Sky for no, this. No, no, but... don't blame, don't blame <laughs> us for that. Uh, if a TMO had got involved, we know well in Chile you would have been fine. So, So you think about that, but... Do you remember the standing ovation when you come off, when you got subbed off at the 68th minute mark?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I do in the end, and there was a, yeah, and the beaver chanting and that, there was, yeah, it was, it was. Like, oh, I couldn't. I wanted to acknowledge it. I think you walked slower. I think that was one of the <laughs> slowest walks I've ever seen. That's because I was cramping. Oh, <laughs> well, You've been cramping for about 20 minutes, though. Yeah, I was in all sorts. <laughs> but I, I couldn't acknowledge it because I've, I've always sat at home and go, you can't acknowledge, the game's not won yet. So I thought, there's no way well, I Hold on, it. Uh, you won by 40 to yeah, 60. I know. The game's <laughs> not won.
0: But well, that's old school thing, it's never over until it's <laughs> exactly. over. Exactly, exactly. But, but I, mean, I mean, I get emotional because I'm, I'm, I'm certain I was there. And I remember at the time, and I'm thinking to myself... I hope you appreciate this because yeah. it doesn't happen very often. No. And for me, I look at that as: Do you think maybe that's an appreciation for all of it? Oh, I'd say
1: so. I'd say so because I, I don't live there. I
0: mean, you were awesome on the day. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I mean, like you walk off and uh, you go to the media thing. And there, oh, is that the greatest game of your life? And I was like, oh, I didn't think so. No, but but you're the skipper. Yeah, yeah. An underdog team. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so I look at
0: that and you go, you know what? I mean. You should take that as the biggest mark of respect you can yeah, get. Because they're yeah. your fans, right? I yeah. mean, if you deep down think about who you played for, yeah. and, uh, is that that crowd in, yeah. in, in Hamilton yeah.
1: at Waikato Stadium, is that, your, is that to you your crowd? Absolutely. And, 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 it's, and they've been, like, they, on the whole, they've been fairly supportive of me throughout my entire time. So to have a night like that where, where they were as supportive as that towards me and, yeah, and to the boys that we had out that night, it was, just, it was a special night. And yeah, yeah Ranks is one of the absolute highlights of your life. So, so the game itself,
0: so we talk about all these moments and teams you've played for, but what do you think you'd be without rugby? What do you think might have happened without the game?
1: Yeah, I'd look, I'd probably be, probably like a few of my mates working at the Steel Mill back home away, to be fair. Like, I was grew up, you know, I, was, I wasn't someone that I remember telling, like, my family, and I was like, oh, I don't want to go in here. Like, like, they were promoting me, like, go to university, you know, like, you're doing okay at school, like, think about going to university. What do I want to go in here for? Like, I just want to stay in Waikiki. I've got everything I need here, sort of thing. And, and back then it was a town of about 2,000 people, 3,000 people and it, like my mates were there. I, what, what do I want to go in here for? But I guess once the, once the sporting stuff started to sort of develop and, and the rugby, I guess the rugby came sort of when I was about 17, it's, it wasn't going to be inevitable, but I was like, I could, if I give this a good crack, you just don't know. And so that's when it's when I guess my eyes start to open and and think well maybe there is a there is a bigger bigger calling. <laughs> so what you said though was you might have done
0: things differently. Yes. What, I mean and that's I think we're all the same because we probably see now the opportunities and the resource yep. and support the players get and you think to yourself why didn't I do it differently? But it was it's vastly different now. Yes. And you've been at both ends of it. It's yep. significantly yep. different,
1: isn't it? Oh, hundred percent. And. and and it's different as far as the support you get off there. It's, and it's And it's, it's even different, like, just the actual team environments. Like, I don't think probably people at home wouldn't know just how significant... Like, if you're a 19-year-old walking in there today, you get lauded and uh, handshaking, and the skipper will come up to you and everyone will come up to you. Well, when you're walking in as a 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old... On water, a Thursday. On a Thursday. On a Thursday training. Well, yeah, but even post that. Like, I remember my first few years of Waikato. You know, like, you had to prove yourself. And, you know, you, it was. I always joked that you had to earn your hellos from the big dogs, you know. And like these days, people laugh at you if you snop someone. <laughs> What's this guy after? But like back then, it was just the way that you're doing your stripes. And and I'm not begrudging now. I loved it, you know. Like you had to, you had duties elsewhere, you know, giving the senior pros the cans of beer after a game. That was your job, you know. You, yep. you might have been buggered, but no, you get up and you sort them out of beer and stuff like that. So I mean, it was just a difficult... did you
0: become one of those guys? Yeah. Come on, uh, let's be honest, because once you get to that point and you're going, you know what, it I've, I've, happened to me, I've earned yeah. the rights, you know, or, um, or did all of a sudden, did you go through the journey of change and going, you know what, this is just the next generation? I think, I think
1: prior to me going overseas the first time, um, Tauru Kubara, I'll tell you, I very much became one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I came back the second time, I just, you know, it was just what it was. And, uh, you know, 19-year-olds and 18-year-olds like Damo and Shaunie Stevenson thought they could take the piss out of me from word go. So, yep. uh, yeah, I mean, just, it was the environment that you are in. Yep. So all of those environments,
0: are there guys that you are, are really thankful for that you went through the journey with, that those long, long friendships that you've, you've gained through the game, you, you look back and you go, I'm so glad I got that. I got, I got that opportunity. You know, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that I, you know, get back to Dunedin and I've got guys down there that I can catch up with. And yep. just And I might not see them. I see them a couple of times a year. Yeah. But you sit there and you can really look back at it now and, and you can laugh about the good times. Yeah. Um, you can commiserate still a little bit about I wish we would won that game. Yeah. But are yeah. there
1: guys? Are there key guys like that for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in uh, guys were with, with there through absolute thick and thin. You know, guys like he obviously yep. was a long term flatmate. Mills Moena who lived around the corner from us, and you know, and guys like that, and, and guys like Timmy Mickelson, who had a long time of careers with Waikato together, and flatmates as well, and and the Brennan Leonard's and Liam Messums, and, and all these guys, we just had a we we had an amazing uh, Waikato slash Chiefs group to come through with, and amazing to a point that yeah, we didn't win the titles, that, you know, yep. still. None of us did.
0: None of us did. But you know,
1: you know, I certainly felt we had a group that gave their all, and and, and in the situation it was that's we got to one final during that first, and and that was as good as it got for us. But just a great bunch of guys who whenever we catch up now, it's it's not often, unfortunately, but it's it is good. So
0: what is it now? Uh, for you, I and mean, when you talk about those catch ups, yeah, I understand is what uh, fishing's one of them, right? you hunter yep.
1: gatherer, yeah, yeah, but you and Kahui, right? Well, well, well Kahui, Kahui's, it's... but he's still playing, yeah, he, he is still gets, playing, he, he can't still... give it up, right? No, he's he loves a dollar, but um, <laughs> Kahui's a bit... I think he's getting more than a dollar when he's going <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. his uh, his love of fishing, uh, he loves to tell people that he's pretty much Matt Watson these days, right? But, um, when, he first, when we first came across each other, um, and it was very much opposites attract, um, he wouldn't bait his own hooks. He wouldn't take his own fish off the hook. So for him now to be walking around like he's some sort of guru, is, uh, it's, it's tough for me to swallow, but I just let him go. So. You do, but, but who's the better? I mean, how much of it? Look, I, I'm not a fisherman.
0: Um, how much of it is skill, good fortune, great equipment, all the things you know, a oh, boat a, with the fish finder, it's a, but it's real. It's an art, right? It is an art. Yeah. And so when you, you know, f- out of your group, is it you? Are you the master? Uh, well,
1: uh, the, uh, the, uh, of our group. I'm the owner of the boat. So right. They, so they have you to, are the have to come. They have right. to come right. for me. So, so they're so. getting you. you they're, yeah. they're, they're looking after you, right? Yeah. They love to. They love to chip me about our fishing trips, but without me, the fishing trips don't, don't happen. happen. <laughs> so uh, you know, it is. But it is good. It is. It is like you know, those guys' names we mentioned and plenty of others, It's. A lot of the ways we catch up, yep. it's literally right, what are you doing this week, right, come down, the weather's good, and we'll go.
0: Either that or you put on the Ezgo uh, uh, golf cart and golfing. away you go, right? All golfing. All all golfing, golfing, right? Yeah. And so the cart, ta- of course. So you've, to- you've picked up two hobbies that take a significant amount of time. Yes. yes, yes, yes you've I have. Yep. And you've yep. got a young family, and that's yep. the challenge, right, after, after you finish playing. Yeah. Which you haven't quite, quite got there yet, but no. at the moment you've been stay home dad, right? You've yep. been looking after two young kids. Yeah. Right. What's next
1: for you? Yeah. Do you know? Not entirely. Um, not entirely. Like, I am... Like, the family thing is... Like, I know it's cliché, but it is awesome at the moment. And uh, I guess something that you, when you're in the height of your career, you're not really too fussed about. I know, I know Damo came up for a fish a couple of weeks ago and uh, we were cleaning the boat and the kids got thrown on me because the missus had to go down the road and Damo's looking at us singing. Oh, what do I do? Here? What, do I, what, are, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's he quite openly stated that he's not quite ready for children, and I told him he shouldn't be. But <laughs> uh, you know, it's you're never ready. <laughs> no, you're never but ready. But You love it when it happens. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's and that's pretty much life at the moment. You know, looking at um, trying to get trying to see what's out there as far as employment going forward. You know, I had a big break since coming back from COVID in Japan, but yeah, it's now time to get out of the house and, and join the real world.
0: You have done a couple of things though to buy yourself some time. You've, you've yep. sort of done a little bit of investing. I mean. You look at players now. Is that such a big part of their career is understanding what life after rugby looks like?
1: Yeah, I think so. And just like, as we talked about, with things happening so much earlier now for the young fellas, you just hope that they are getting into things early and to, and to know that the money you're getting now is not realistic for you know most of the population yep. and uh you gotta you can't just go blowing at all you know just having a good time and, and you can't understand why i mean when you're 19 or 20 and all of a sudden you're getting given the contracts that are out there at the moment you think oh well this will keep coming but the reality is you know it dries up as soon as you stop flying. so you hope they're doing the right thing as far as that goes look there a lot of talk at the moment um, a lot of
0: discussions around the structure of the game and the money in behind it when you think about the game itself And how physical and gladiatorial it has got Mm. do you fear for it in some ways of the fact that it's not like it was when you first started in terms of a bit more space out there um it's always been a physical game do you think maybe there's some
1: considerations about you know what it is that rugby should look like in the future yeah i think so but i I mean it's you're watching the games and i watched both of them over the weekend and and it seems like a contradiction like we're trying to get this great product and we're in the entertainment business and then we're just, in places we're just shooting ourselves in the foot, you know, like there's penalties, and, and I don't want to be here bagging refs, but there's penalties that have no relevance to the game. If a guy advances 70 metres away from the guy catching the ball at a pace that a prop gets stuff off the ground at, then I'm fine with that, you know, let's just let's just keep rolling. And and you talk about the gladiatorial aspect of a game, like, I <laughs> And yep, I've got no, there's no place for shoulder on heads and stuff like that, but if you know that someone's gonna be coming into a ruck with some intensity and possibly with a hard shoulder, it's gonna hit you somewhere hard, yeah. uh, you're not gonna hang around that ruck. So that's gonna speed the ball up, you know, like I think mean, you gotta get the balance right between, uh, yep, let's make this as safe as we can, which we've gotta make it safe that people wanna play it. But then also you're trying to make the game attractive and you're not gonna make the game attractive if you've got guys hanging around slowing the ball down. And like I know, I understand what they're trying to do with the kicking thing with the wingers. Being able to catch guys yeah. in goal, but it's a little bit of a thing. Are we copying rugby league for any great reason here? Like I haven't seen that rule have any massive impact too. So, yeah, yeah it's a funny, it's a funny one at the moment. You're sitting because I
0: because these are all considerations, you know. Yeah. And, and does that lead to the fact that maybe you'd like to be able to maybe pass on that? Advice as a coach, maybe, in the future? Do you see that as
1: being something you'd like to do? Yeah, I mean, the coaching thing certainly appeals. There's aspects of the coaching thing yeah. that appeals. I mean, there's a lot of it, <laughs> I can tell you from experience, there's a lot of it that doesn't. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I've been yeah. through all
0: that. Yes. But, but, but that it keeps you in that team environment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you've seen so many of your teammates have gone down yep. that path. Are those discussions you'd like to have with him first? Because I think that would be pretty key. <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: well, yeah. You, you just have to look at a few in the box and realise yeah. it's not all rosy when you're sitting in the box. You there, know, when so. the
0: Chiefs go eight, uh, 0 and eight last year, yeah. And yeah. you're sitting there going, "Good time, not." To be yeah, yeah, right? exactly. But I mean,
1: do you see that as something you, you know? You, you go, I've got something to offer there. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And, it, and you know, like obviously being a first five, you've got a fairly good understanding of the, the technical and the technical side of things. But even just, I guess, you know, over the years, the the stuff that I've had to go through, and, you know, whether it's coaching or whether it's mentoring or, or whatever, it'd, it'd be good to about I guess, pass on that and say, look, before you have to experience this, you can probably <laughs> do something to avoid it, you know, and you do want to avoid this or you don't want to avoid that or, you know, I just think something, something like that would be good to help out with.
0: Are you in the stands for games? Just lastly, when it comes down to the fact you get the opportunity to go, you go, you know what, I want to go and watch. What yeah. do you want to watch? Is it for you at the moment, Is it a bit like I was at the end of my career, I'm quite happy sitting at home, just watching yeah. the game on television and enjoying my family or is it the fact that I want to get back and, and be there at the games and, and, and sense it and
1: feel it? Yeah, I've, I've been, probably in the last couple of years, been to a few test matches, but uh, mainly just at home and, and watching on the couch and with, with mates and, and, and you're not probably as intensely involved as, you know, when the mates are there and you're, you're yakking and carrying on. But, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't miss me. I watch, I watch a lot of it, but I am enjoying just having a bit of a breather from it. Let's finish on the fact, though. If, though, and where we started this conversation, right, at the very start,
0: if the phone rang tomorrow and said, you know what, maybe the Chiefs are running a bit short, you know, because people are getting banged up right now. trans Tasman's is just around the corner. If, if, if people got to that point and they say, you know what, we need someone to come in, come into our environment, do you think you could be that guy who could come in and they'd know exactly what they'd get. <laughs> I thought you're talking about a club bringing me up. Wasn't no, talking, I'm, talking, wasn't. I'm talking. I'm talking. No. This is, because that's the thing. This is what we're dealing with right now. Is the yeah. fact that if you're in good enough, Nick, and players are showing that they can play deep into yeah. the, you know, into the the ages, are you know, people are older and older yeah. now. We yeah. saw DC yeah. last year, you know, yeah. trying to just to
1: to try and give himself an opportunity to play again. Do you think if it, if it rang? Oh, if, if it weren't. I think NPC would probably be more where you'd want to dip into. I watched the games over the weekend. And, uh, yeah, I think it's probably a little bit quick right now to come from nothing into that.
0: <laughs> Mate, I could, I could sit here and talk for hours. But, uh, Stephen, thank you so much, Beaver. Thanks for coming in, joining us for your time. Fantastic. Make sure you join us next week. Tune in for The Playmakers, The Rugby Stories. Plenty more to talk about around our fantastic game.